And take your Bibles with me and turn to the book of John in chapter 14. John chapter 14, we did as we sang this morning, look last week at Jesus Christ, seeing Jesus as the way. And what do I mean by that? We need to see Jesus as the way, as in our beginning. We need to see him as the door. He's the only way to salvation. And when someone enters in, as Jesus said, I am the door, they enter into a a real relationship with Jesus Christ and they enter into what they were created for. When you see Jesus as the way, the beginning, then you need to see Jesus as the continuing. And we saw that yesterday, uh, last week, that Jesus is not just the way for our our beginning, but as we have received Jesus Christ uh, by faith, So we continue in Jesus Christ by faith. He is our continuing. He's our way. But then lastly, we looked at that Jesus Christ is our end. When Philip said, Father, wouldn't you, Jesus, why don't you show us the Father and it will be sufficient for us. It'll suffice me. And and what did Jesus respond to him? He didn't didn't scold him or tell him to, to go in the corner. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus is not just our beginning and our continuing, but he's also our end. We don't need to get up from Jesus to go on to something else, treating Jesus as a means to our end. Jesus is the end. He's the means and he's the end. He's all we need to be seeking for in the Christian life. Now, this morning, Jesus goes on, and I I don't try to plan these things out, but on this Prayer Advance Sunday as we're going to look to pray for our community and the surrounding communities, uh, it's, I believe this passage that we're going to look at this morning is very fitting. I don't try to plan these things out, or, 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 but God makes them happen. Sometimes I'll try to do something on a holiday to make, it, make sure that it's fitting if the Lord was wanting me to preach something that's appropriate. But today, as we continue in this upper room discourse, Jesus is wanting the disciples to know something about prayer. This way that they're going to be able to communicate with God now because of what Jesus Christ is doing. He's going to rend that veil. And they're going to be able to step into the presence of God and have fullness of joy and be able to communicate with the Father uh, without, without needing to go through a high priest except for Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Let me ask you this morning, do you think that God wants you to understand why you pray? Do you think God would want you to understand that? And while the obvious answer is yes, some of us don't know why we pray, and we don't even know why we use some of the words we do when we pray. And I'm specifically saying, uh, you know, speaking of in Jesus' name, amen, or something like that. It, do we do that? because we've been taught to do it, or do we know why we do it, biblically? And, and it's time we look at that and what God says about prayer, and not just prayer, because prayer in general, there are some prayers, as we'll see in just a moment, that don't make a difference. What we're looking at this morning, what I want to examine is the prayer that makes a difference. Look at verse 10 with me as we back up a little bit and we'll continue forward. Uh, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. 
Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And we'll touch on that last verse at the very end. But here Jesus has shown his disciples the importance of seeing him as the way, the truth, and the life. And now he continues with them with this verse 12 of, of a transition of showing them the amazing truth that, and the privilege for them that was going to be there in prayer, in prayer as he's going away. We too can pray and make a difference in the spiritual battle because of what Jesus Christ has done. In, in their eyes, they're sitting there with Jesus and Jesus is about to, to make this sacrifice and they're saying, what are you, what? they're hanging on his every words. And I want you this morning to have that disciple-like passion. Hang on his every words this morning. Can we do that? The prayer is, that makes a difference is one that is directed to the Father, as we're going to see in the passage, one that's made on behalf of the Son, and one that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, I do ask that we would come to you this morning not... Uh, maybe as tired Christians that are here on a Sunday morning just going to church. But Lord, would you help us to truly hang on your every words as if they're written to us, because they are written to us. And so Lord, would you help us this morning to see that, even in the text. In Jesus' name, amen. When approaching the matter of prayer, it can, e it can be easy for us to ask the question, Pastor, doesn't all prayer make a difference? When I, when I choose to pray, doesn't, doesn't it always make a difference? And the biblical answer to that is no. No, it doesn't. In fact, there are prayers that are downright disgusting to God. If you look in James chapter 4, verse 3, we can pray with the wrong motives. Ye ask and ye receive not, because ye ask amiss. You ask the wrong thing, not what I'm wanting, that ye may consume it upon your lust. It's a selfish prayer. And that's not a prayer that makes a difference. It's a prayer, but nonetheless, it's not a prayer that makes a difference. Luke 18, uh, verses 10 through 14, there's uh, the example of praying with a prideful mindset. You have two men, uh, a Pharisee and a publican. and says, two men went up into the temple to pray, and one a Pharisee and the other a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. I love that, just little phrase. This kind of praying is pretty lonely. He's praying thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up his eyes, so, uh, lift up so much his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, and this is Jesus now talking, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Jesus is not about the, the road of pride. He's about the road of humility, as we saw last week. 
Uh, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. These are the kind of prayers that have absolutely no power in them. They're, they're, this is not the kind of prayer that makes a difference. So this begs the question, then, what type of praying makes a difference in the spiritual battle? What kind of prayer makes a difference? We're going to see that this morning. Number one, praying that is directed to the Father. Look at verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And over and over and over again, Jesus teaches that this is, in order, to, in order to get to the Father, you have to go through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. But our prayer should be directed to the, to the Father. In verse 12 here, we see that prayer that is directed to the Father is how the greater works get accomplished. Look at, look at it again. The works that I shall do, he shall, uh, shall he do also, and greater works. Well, what in the world are these greater works? Because these disciples saw some pretty great things happen, didn't they? What did they see happen? The feeding of the 5,000. They saw lepers being healed. What else did they see? They saw tons of miracles, even to the point of, of Lazarus being raised from the dead. What greater works could they do? Unless Jesus, maybe, maybe he's not talking about them topping a physical miracle, Maybe he's talking spiritually here, and I believe he is. I believe the, it's not that the, that the disciples aren't going to do physical miracles. It's not that they're not going to heal people um, to prove what, what they, they saw and what they're saying is true. God was going to allow them to experience those things, even as he, he did during his earthly ministry. He sent them out to heal and do great works. But here, I believe Jesus Christ is talking about something that not just the disciples can do, but it's that all of us as believers can do, the greater works. It's the spiritual work of seeing God, uh, of seeing Satan's forces defeated in the spiritual battle and seeing souls come to Christ spiritually. As we allow God to work through us in our Christian life, we can allow Him to lead those people to Christ by what we say and what we do if it's lined up with Scripture. How do, you, how do we know that, though? It says it right there in the text. Look at verse 12 again. Who does it promise? Uh, who, is, who is this promise to that, the, that they're going to do the greater works? Can anyone find it this morning? Three words. I'm putting you to the test this morning to see who's awake. Who is this promise to? He that... You can, you can talk this morning. He that believeth, thank you. He that believeth, is that just the disciples? No, that's us. That's every single one of us, from the oldest down to the youngest. He that believeth, he that's put his dependence on Jesus Christ for, for salvation can see God flow through him and see these greater works done. That's the promise that we see here in Scripture. This is what Jesus Christ wants to do. Prayer is to the, directed to the Father is meant for, for us to see those greater works, but prayer is possible because Jesus went to the Father. Look at the end of verse 12. Because I go unto my Father. We can go directly to the Father. This is all made possible because of what Jesus was about to do. He was about to die for our sins 
and restore the relationship that was separating us, uh, us and God. He was there to make a way of restitution and to satisfy the wrath of God. And as Jesus, if you remember, as we'll, we'll get into at the end of John, as Jesus is dying there, he says, it is finished. And that, that temple veil from the top to the bottom is just rent right down the middle, revealing the Holy of Holies, something that no man was supposed to be able to see. And what Jesus was stating there, the Father, as he did that, you have full access because of the blood of my son. I, I paid for your sin. You don't, have to, you don't have to do anything. You don't need to make any more sacrifices. The sacrifices of, of the, the blood of, of goats and of lamb, that, that's not going to be sufficient. I, the blood of my son has been, has been shed for you now. Now you have a way. And I sacrificed everything to do it. I wonder if we don't take the privilege of prayer for granted this morning. As you're sitting here, examine yourself and not, not, but allow God to examine you. How do you pray? Do you take it for granted? And in doing so, take for granted the sacrifice that was made for you? How do you pray this morning? What is your prayer life like? Do you take for granted that He shed His blood so that we could now step into the fullness of joy, the fullness of the presence of God? And, and access Him. Do you realize what you have today in prayer? Prayer is for the purpose of the Father getting glory by faith that's shown when we pray and faith that, and what comes forth by that faith. Look at verse 13 with me. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. Read the last part of the verse with me. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. What is the purpose of this? When our prayer is, is directed to the Father, the purpose is for the Father to get glory out of it. The purpose is for God to get glory out of our life. We'll get to the part that includes the Son in just a moment, but I want to ask you this simple question. Why do you pray? Why do you pray? Is it just something that you always do when you sit down to a meal? Is it tradition to you? Has it become just tradition at certain times of the day? Could it be that you've forgotten that the purpose of our going to the Father is so that every single time we enter into communion with Him, He gets glory out of it? I'm not trying to make prayer complicated this morning. I'm not trying to do that at all. I'm just trying to help us remember from Scripture, as Jesus is helping His disciples know what this privilege is going to be, what its purpose is, what, we, what, what kind of privilege we have to actually go to God. What is needed then to remember that, though, is humility. Saying, God, I have forgotten what the purpose of prayer really is. I, I want you to work in my life. Lord, my life isn't worth much, but if you want me to be used in the battle of prayer, Lord, you can have all of me. You can have all of me. And I want to be used. Whatever you have for me to pray, I want you to get glory out of it. And that's what our hearts need to be. Prayer that makes a difference starts with a prayer that's directed to the Father. And secondly, it continues with a prayer that is made on behalf of the Son. Look at verse 13 again. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do. 
Look at verse 14. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus stresses this twice emphatically because this is something new for these disciples. He's saying, this is, this is how you need to pray. You need to pray in my name. What does that mean? On my behalf. On my behalf. Um, this, the, this last week when uh, my family was in town, my, my, mother's, uh, my, my wife's family, uh, so my mother-in-law and our niece and nephew, uh, we went out to eat here in Shawano to Perkins. And I had to go to the restroom to wash up and, and different things like that. And I asked my wife to order food for me. Well, in order to do that, in, in, in the ability to order food, what do you think she needed from me? She needed to know what I wanted. And in prayer, in our Christian life, we need to know the same thing. If Jesus Christ is saying, pray in my name, it's not just that we pray anything we want and then slap in Jesus' name at the end of it. Do you realize how flippant we are? with our prayers when we do that. That's not praying properly on Jesus' behalf. In order to pray properly on the Son's behalf, we better know what the Son wants. We better know what He wants. And, and it, it, it brings up a good question here. How do we know the things that we pray are His will? How do we know what, what the Son wants, right? That's an excellent question. Number one, I believe it's by his words and not our emotions. If you're reading his words, the Holy Spirit will tell us what to pray. Here's an example of that. 1 Timothy 2 verse 4 says, Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. What is God's will for all men? That they be saved. So can I then, based on that truth, based on his words, not my emotion... Oh, my grandfather's never going to get saved. I just, I just don't believe it. Well, that's my emotions controlling me. What did God say? What's his will? How he be saved? So I can go to God based on that, not because I'm naming and claiming something, but because he's named it, I can claim it. That's his will. I can know his mind by what he said. <clears throat> Secondly, by the Spirit's direction, who knows the will of the Father. As the Spirit is leading you, whether it be in individual prayer or in corporate prayer, sometimes there's those quiet times. That's not a time for you to jump in and say, oh, okay, I'm going to save the day because it's quiet and no one else is praying. No, listen to the Spirit of God as He's leading you and He's leading other people and as He's dealing in your heart to pray. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. We don't know properly by ourselves, individually, alone, we, apart from the Spirit, we don't know what to pray. And that's why the Son was doing what He, what he was with these disciples. He said, I'm going away. Because when I go away, the Father's going to send you another comforter. We're going to get to that in a second. But, but this is exactly how we can know for sure that these are the things that God wants us to pray. We can pray confidently on the Son's behalf and know what, what He wants. Not because, of, uh, <clears throat> not because of us, but because of what He said and how the Spirit directs us in prayer. So if prayer is made on the, on the behalf of the Son, we better know what He wants. 
But if prayer is made on behalf of the son, then he promises that he will do it. And he says it twice. Again, look at verse 13. If you shall, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Verse 14, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask something on behalf of the Son, and you know it's his will, he says, I'm going to do it. You can bank on it. There's, 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 again, this is not name it, claim it like maybe some other uh, folks teach. This is, I know this is God's will, and I can ask it. And if you're afraid to ask things of a big God, then how big do you really think your God is? How, uh, is, he, is he that small to you that he can't do the impossible? He names it, and we can have confidence to claim it. Uh, it's not a prayer uh, that, that is asking to, to be rich or to avoid pain in life or anything like that. It's not, not something that, that we're trying to get selfishly. It's a, it's a prayer that comes to God and says, God, I want to be used in the battle of prayer. And it says with the psalmist there in Psalm 8, verse 4, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Lord, I'm coming to you with a humble spirit, and I want to be used not to pray selfishly, but to pray what you want me to pray. Does your praying on behalf of the Son look like that? Or does it look more like, Dear God, thank you for this bowl of cereal. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not trying to be trite this morning. I'm trying to be realistic where we are. What, what does God want for you in the, in the realm of prayer? Jesus has given us this awesome privilege to pray with him, to pray alongside him, and we shouldn't take that lightly. So we see first that prayer, the prayer that makes the difference is one that's directed to the Father. Secondly, it's, it's made on behalf of the Son. And now third, we see that praying that makes a difference is empowered by the Spirit of God. It's prayer that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 16 of, of chapter 14 there. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Now, I'm not going to get into the entire role of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is about to lay out. We're going to save that for another message in, in the next few weeks here. But the Holy Spirit's role here in the context of prayer is that you can't do it without Him. You can't do it without Him. It shows us, this verse alone shows us a couple things. Prayer is not a lonely thing. You remember back when, when we, we read the verse there in, in Luke 18 about the, about the uh, Pharisee? He prayed thus with himself. Here, Jesus is going away and he says, I will pray the Father that he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. He's going to be with you. And prayer should not be a lonely thing. Prayer should not be something that you dread. Taking time in prayer should be something that you're stepping into his presence and you're experiencing the fullness of joy. Does that match up with what your prayer life is this morning? Or are you seeing it as a lonely thing? Because it's not. Prayer is not something that can be done independent of the Holy Spirit. And we looked at this verse earlier, Romans 8, 26. But let me read it again because it also deals with the Holy Spirit as our helper in prayer. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what to pray 
for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. The Holy Spirit is there as a helper in prayer. He's the one that enables us to pray like we should because we don't know how to do it independent of Him. If you've ever tried to pray on your own, you might say some nice words and then slap in Jesus' name at the end, but you're not making a difference. When we pray... It needs to be with a simple, childlike dependence on God. Remember, I said I'm not trying to make prayer complicated this morning. It needs to be that simple, childlike faith. Faith, Daddy, can I have a can I have a bowl of cereal? Again, asking for things like your kids would come up to you and ask you for things. Father, this is this has been a pretty hard week. I need to talk to you about this. Would you would you just spend some time with me? And you commune with your Father because of what the Holy Spirit... Or, Father, I need to ask you some things. And I don't even know how to put this into words. That's what the Holy Spirit is there for. And that's what He's wanting to do. Lastly, this morning, and this is, this is not a, necessarily a point, but I think, it's, I think it's, it, it's the simplicity of it. He ends this, this excerpt on prayer... And he's starting to go into the role of the Holy Spirit. And right in the middle, he has verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And he'll talk more about his words and his commandments as we get into the, the role of the Holy Spirit. But can I, can I put this out there, just food for thought here this morning? The prayer that makes the difference is the prayer that's prayed is the one that's prayed in obedience and in love to your Jesus. You can't make a difference in prayer if you're not praying. And Jesus Christ this morning wants you not to be praying out of duty. Is that how your life is? Do you pray out of duty? Or just because uh, it's a tradition to do so at these certain times of the day? Or do we pray because we simply love him? and want to, want to obey Him. May God help us today, allow Him to mold us into people that make a difference in prayer.